no matter how much self-help is out there, you're still going to need some live support. Um, that's just the, just the nature of having a business. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Support Ops Podcast. It's a show devoted entirely to helping you be a customer support pro. Check out the blog at supportops.co, or you can follow along on Twitter. The handle's at supportops there. I'm your host, Chase Clements. First, big thanks to our awesome partner, Snappy. If you're in the market for a support app, this is the one you want to try out. It's really easy to use, and the best part is it just works. There's no uh, big setup or complicated uh, learning curve or anything like that. It just just plain works. So go check them out, supportops.co forward slash snappy. This is episode number 26 with Robert Gregory. He's the VP of support over at Media Temple. You might have seen him before if you watched the support hangout episode he was on recently. You know, I figured he was probably the best person I knew to talk with about the recent GoDaddy acquisition of Media Temple. And as a uh, little caveat here, I will say I am a Media Temple customer. They uh, do all the hosting for this site. So just keep that in mind as we talk. So, Robert, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Chase. I'm looking forward to the uh, talking about uh, the recent news that we provided our customers on the 15th. Yeah, awesome. So um, let's kind of start with basics. If uh, people haven't heard of Media Temple and, or, and was living under a rock and didn't see this acquisition or anything, um, just give us a little background on yourself and uh, what Media Temple does. Okay, well, I can start off with my, myself uh, first. Um, I started off in, in web hosting in 2004 with a, a company called iPower. Uh, iPower was later um, acquired by a company called Endurance, and uh, that was about 2006. I came here in, in Media Temple in 2007, started on the front line uh, doing, uh, in the, on the billing team and worked my way up um, through the levels into uh, leadership and been leading teams from a supervisory and up to the VP level that I'm at now for the last four years. Um, Media Temple itself, obviously, it, that started with the founders of uh, co-founders of Damian Selforce and, and John Kerry, as well as some board members. And the um, biggest thing there is to just picture uh, servers being uh, racked in a uh, in a garage. Uh, starting from uh, starting from scratch, starting from from day one, and getting some uh, financial investments, and really being the the hosting provider for the professional designers and developers, starting off in the LA area, and then through word of mouth, being that um, that type of support and hosting infrastructure needed across the world. Yeah, with a focus mainly on um, you know the U.S. But you know uh, when I started. It was right before they came out with the um, right after they came out with the grid service, and so for um, you know for the cust- for the listeners out there, it's a it's a shared hosting platform. Um, it, um, it separated itself based on the the cluster um, architecture that it had and how the failover and the balancing. People could be on dig and their their site could still stay up, and that's what it really was. It was its claim to fame as far as the. Um, and, and so the, from, from there, we've just grown a lot. And that, that really started the growth in 2006. So Media Temple, we're at about 130,000 uh, customers uh, right now. And that, ho- that means like up to about 
I think it's uh, 1.2 or 1.4 million uh, websites, and we we um, focus and cater to the the professional uh, web developers and web designers. Nice. So let's uh, walk through this transition from the beginning. You know, uh, GoDaddy uh, acquires Media Temple on the 15th of this month, the 15th of October. And uh, you had a great acquisition post that was published about that time. I'll have a note in the I have a link in the show notes for our listeners. Um, Before this before this happened, did your team have a game plan in place for for dealing with customers, especially, you know, customers and, and their opinions. Uh, it was kind of like watching that day. It, it just was like a tsunami wave, I could imagine, you know, <laughs> everybody giving their two cents about what this means for Media Temple. So before you even announced the acquisition, did you have a game plan in place for what your team was going to do? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, they had internal FAQs. They knew what the FAQs were. Externally, we had a, a team already created. We have a couple people from marketing. Um, Sarah Carter has made a name for herself in the in the social media world for us in Media Temple, and she was kind of leading it internally as well as our, our PR team, working with our team and GoDaddy's team. And um, you know, we I created took about five six people or more, you know, from our internal community team, as we call it, in support. We're broken up into by sections of the frontline community in CloudTech. So the community is more the experience, able to handle, um, you know, the off the frontline type issues. And this was a perfect one in that um, because the load that came in was all social. Um, the main channels were not affected at all as far as... Um, a, a huge uh, difference between that week and the previous week and the week before that particular day. So yes, they had a game plan. Yes, I sent them an email the night before. Um, we also use a blog internally, so that blog, my email was then put in the blog post and um, just kind of preparing them. Uh, I have a young child, so I was up late and uh, it was about <laughs> Uh, one o'clock in the morning when I sent it, but I just wanted to give them the mindset for the day and what the day was going to be like. Um, and so they had all the information they needed. Um, if if a customer asked something they didn't know, we had an out, which was questions at mediatemple.net. Um, I actually manned that channel with some other uh, with some other folks here at Media Temple, and you know we did the best. Um, I think we did a really good job, and I think that. Uh, what was good about that is being prepared on the front line, which is needed. So you mentioned that that post and the the email that you sent out the night before. You know it, that mindset's got to be important going into a day like this. So from your shoes, what what's going through your mind before all this happens? You know, you're <laughs> up one o'clock in the morning, getting ready to to kind of let everyone know what's happening, and what what's going through your mind? What's your mindset? Well, for me, Chase, it was. Uh... I'm just. I was just happy that there was going to be a deal. I was just happy that the process was um, where it was at in its in its finished state. Um, from my level, the process starts nine months prior. Uh, me giving um, presentations to uh, private equity and presentations to um, people looking to, to purchase the company, and through all the presentations and through all the you know talks I had. This, this was the fit that I wanted for my team. And uh, I can tell you, I've been around GoDaddy since 2006 when I was in Arizona with iPower. 
And, you know, at first I was like, go daddy. Oh man, this is, this is not going to work. This is way too different than what we do. And we have awesome customer support and they don't. And then, you know, you really start to become naive once you find out the education and stuff that's uh, going on there. So what's going through my mind is I'm, I'm getting happy to work with a new leadership team at GoDaddy. I'm getting happy to see how their, their advertising has totally changed. I'm getting happy to see how they're making improvements on their products all across the board. I'm getting happy to see that, you know, at, at some point, maybe their customers can, you know, get a glimpse into cloud tech and that can become solutions for them. But, you know, as of right now, as you read, we're all, we're staying, you know, autonomous and independent. So the cloud tech thing I mentioned, I have no idea if it will ever happen or not, but those are the thoughts that are going uh, through my head uh, that night. And I'm just super excited. I've been with the company for seven years and all I've ever wanted to see was growth Mm -hmm. and more opportunities for the team I manage to talk to more people is going to be awesome. So it's the day of the acquisition, the posts are going out and everything, uh, you know, everything's being announced and your team's getting bombarded with all of these questions and, and opinions and everything else. Uh, you know, the team did a really great job. They had a, a an FAQ page that was nothing but questions about the GoDaddy acquisition that and, you know, the answers related to those. Did that help answer customers' questions before they even contacted you? Or was that more of just a, a place where you could send people to? Um, I think it was both, but I think again, like for chat, phone, and tickets, we didn't see an uptick at all. Mm-hmm. But for for the social, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like we had about fifteen. I think it was like fifteen thousand tweets or something like that. And I don't care how big your team is, you're not going to be able to answer all of them. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, a lot of it was people that weren't even hosted with us, just people mm-hmm. chiming in on the uh, on the conversation itself. So it helped the social team immensely because they did have something to point to at any time. Um, you know, quite frankly, we turned into educating our customers about GoDaddy because they, in their minds, they were the, the SOPA, they were the elephant killers, they mm-hmm. were the ads, they were everything that they've heard that went through my mind before I actually got to know the company, before I actually got to know Blake Irving, the CEO, before I got to know their new leadership team that they've hired from all the, you know, the great companies out there, including Microsoft and others. And so um, I think it really helped the social team more than the front line. But I think overall, it was good that we get that information out there. People still ask the same questions, even though that was answered. It didn't matter. Uh It was all about having as many conversations as possible with our customers to reassure them to, to, hey, wait and see. We are going to be independent. We are going to be autonomous. It's going to be the same level of support. And if it's not, please email me directly. Please call me and we'll talk about and I'll help as much as possible. So as you're, you know, you're educating customers on this this day. Um, did your team have any of those same reservations? Like, was there anybody on the support team that needed to, to hear these things from you too? Yes. Yes. Um, internally, there was uh, discussions from the high leadership level um, to with each individual team. And there was a perfect forum. They have team meetings every week. And this was like a guest spot to come in and just answer all the questions they have. And Quite frankly, it was the same. A lot of the same questions that our customers had, 
you know, a couple of weeks later when, when the deal uh, finally went down and was public and they got the news. So, um, and by that time, the support team was like, now I'm going to educate our customers. So us getting in their ears early, getting in front of them and giving them the education at the meeting, giving them the articles, showing them the, the videos with, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, just showing how things are different. It's not, it's not TNA anymore. Like, things are different. I mean, even, even though that Jean-Claude Van Damme is, like, funny, it's still about the small business owner being successful. Yeah, he's saying some funny lines, but so it's not just some TNA where it doesn't, you don't even know why they had the commercial in the first place. So just giving the, the support, that education really helped uh, with their questions. And then, of course, in their one-on-ones that they have with their team leads. So, you know, with the... Um even with all of this, so you've got your team out there answering all of these questions. You've got your social, the, the committee team kicking, just kicking butt and taking names uh, on the, the social side and all that. Um, your the co-founders went out and did a, a live Google Hangout Q and A, which I thought was really smart. It was you know almost like town hall kind of thing. Like you've got questions, here we are. They're not hiding from anything. They're out in front. Um, so give us the thinking behind the, the choice to do that Hangout Q&A. Was that something that was in the plan or was it kind of an audible called that day? Well, I, I can tell you that, um, you know, obviously Google Hangout, as you know, has provided a great platform for that. Um, but I will tell you that we started doing some cloud tech test run uh, Hangouts um, on site. In an, um, and we're going to be doing those every Thursday at, uh, 12 to 1. And what we're going to be doing in that forum is just answering questions from customers from the cloud tech engineer. So mm-hmm. that idea of us starting something there sparked the idea to where Google Hangout became part of the conversation and an opportunity to use it for this situation, which was obviously a lot more impactful uh, than a, a weekly uh, segment that we're going to do with CloudTech. So it was really cool that that came up. I believe that came out of a, uh, a social meeting So um, that was presented. And uh, what's nice in that meeting is that it was Damien Selfors, the co-founder, CEO, but then it was Russ Reeder and, and the president who was hired um, you know, in, in April of the previous year. So it was, it was a really good way for our customers to ask as many questions as we wanted. I think we handled about 150 questions, mm-hmm. um, which, as you know, is, kind of, is difficult in that kind of setting. You know? And so um, the way they did it was um, if, the, if you asked a question and, it, and the most pluses got asked next. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think it, it went a long way. It was then hosted, obviously, on YouTube. We got some views there and some. And so I think what it did was to show, like, hey, you know, this stuff isn't going to change here. And we're going to put ourselves out there and, and invite everyone here to to ask uh, questions. And we'll also put um, – we're, we're kind of, like, putting some life back into our customer tours. They've always been there, but, you know, customers really don't um, take us up on it because, you know, obviously they're busy and whatever. But mm-hmm. we've kind of, we put that on the FAQ. And I wanted customers to come in to be like, this is the same support team. This is the same architects who, uh, you know, built the grid and helped with the VPS servers and the architecture there with Plesk and so uh, parallels. And so... I wanted them to come in and see that everything, we're still in the same buildings, we're still in the same seats, we're still doing the same thing. So 
I think the Google Plus really uh, led to uh, us being more and more uh, about inviting for the customers to come in, whether it be online or physical. So at the end of the day, um, you know, I just personally, and again, I am a Media Temple customer, but I, yeah, I still love you guys. You're awesome. Uh, I think you really did an awesome job handling this acquisition because even when I first heard the news, it was kind of like, GoDaddy? Uh, it just kind of worried me a little bit. Um, but then you see the, the FAQ page and, and I sat there and watched the, uh, the Google Hangout and it was just reassuring. It was, we're not changing. We're not changing. Nothing's changing. We're just the same media temple at the end of the day, which was really reassuring. Um, so for for companies out there that are, uh, you know, in the future are acquired and they have to go through this process, what, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, since you've been through it now, you know, what kind of advice would you give them when it comes to handling this kind of transition? I think I would go back to what I said before. So a little bit of insight into me. Um, I took over this role uh, two years ago, and so whenever change happens at that level, which you know, you know, managing you know a lot of the company, right? So whenever change happens, expect to talk about it, right? And so when I took over the role, all I did was have conversations every single day with every single person I manage, and it's the same thing with your customers, right? So thank you know thank you Twitter, right? Because without Twitter. You would have had that on phones and chats and tickets, and that's not the place for it. The place for it is it's, you don't have to authenticate to say how you feel, mm-hmm. right? And that's Twitter. Twitter doesn't make you authenticate to say how you feel about something. And so, yeah, a lot of those conversations got taken into DM or we called them or whatever if, if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the, the thing I would say to anybody is don't stop talking. Don't stop engaging engage even more ever than possible all these all the customer has is a gut reaction to this change this is not really how they feel two months from now this is how they feel when hearing the news like this and it gets retweeted from TechCrunch it gets retweeted from all the all the wires that it hit we put it out there as a positive it didn't get taken by everyone as as positive but it as as many conversations that you can have as possible with your customers. It sounds like so simple because that's what you should be doing anyway, but that is the time to do it because they want to understand why things are changing outside of some text that they read in an FAQ. They want to hear it from you. So I think for us, that was extremely, extremely important. Knowing the customer said we focus on uh, professional website developers and designers when they sometimes when they were hearing that it was a GoDaddy acquisition they thought everything was just going to go away and all right goodbye but I can tell you I have insight into seeing the closures every day Mm -hmm. it's just gut reaction you know I mean not all 15,000 people that tweeted left us (laughs) not even not even remotely close and I just think it was like, you know, get, wait and see, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would, I would, if I was somebody who was going through that right now and managing a support team or leading a company, have as many um, conversations as possible and um, rely on the, the wait and see. Here's my contact information if your service levels have dropped. Awesome. So, um, you know, since I've got you, I, I want to shift gears just a little bit. Um, 
we were talking on the uh the live support hangout the other day about um uh, some of your internal uh tools that you use to kind of keep the team together and know how they're doing and that kind of thing so i want to kind of shift into that for uh the last part of this uh, you know gamification kind of gets a, a bad rap a lot of times and, and just to listen to you kind of just throw that out casually like yeah this works for us when it comes to uh working with your internal team and tracking that data it was just kind of a surprise so i want to pick your your brain just a little bit <laughs> on it um so just to, again kind of set the, the baseline here when it comes to your internal team and, and kind of the reviews that they're doing and how many cases they're doing and and how long cases are taking that kind of thing you've you've got this internal gamification system set up so can you kind of give me the the like outline of how that works? Yeah, so um, backstory is that um, we've had somebody internally building out uh, something we actually call the matrix. And um, they've been building it out to where uh, we get a better view on the quality assurance side. That's how it first started. And then now we get a, a better view of the overall volume and how all the channels are doing. And then we led to uh, gamification. And gamification was something we always wanted to do. Uh, within the last two years. And so we're very close to taking it out of um, beta internally. So for us, it tracks um, volume from every channel. It tracks uh, customer satisfaction from every channel on on an individual agent basis. So both the whole entire team and individual agent. It tracks um, the uh, actual handle time of the interactions. It tracks, um, also sometimes it will uh, track like if you, um, you know, closed out a, a support request that you know, was maybe three or four replies and, you know, by that time it needs to be resolved in some way, whether calling the customer or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, too, much, too much back and forth is not good. So you'll get, you'll get little points for that. We developed uh, fun badges, um, just random stuff like you talk to six people from uh, Europe today and you get like this international uh, global badge or whatever. Um, we've, I mean, I have my community team, like I mentioned before, just using all their artistic talent. You know, we got singers and artists and everything and they just take all that creativity and put it into this game for the fun side of it. Um, so agents log in every day. They see how many points they have. Um, I talked to you yesterday about um, a future um, thing which is called employee wagering so um, it's not actual money <laughs> but uh, it's the points that they um, incur so however many points they build up they can wager um, from team to team if they say you know what we're going to take this amount of points to we're going to have the better satisfaction than your team with our customers and they wager those points so when it comes to that employee wagering, that just blows my mind. I, I never would have thought doing that. Of course, then again, you know, our support team is not anywhere near the size of yours. So um, with those points, what what can they do with them? Is it like Chuck E. Cheese's and I can buy like big bunnies? No, I mean, they get, they get um, well, just recently we had a floor prize where we bought them the, the new Xbox and a bunch of games. So oh. now now they get to... In our break room, they get to, it's just a big kitchen. Mm-hmm. They get to, instead of using the, the outdated Xbox or PlayStation, whatever we have in there now, it's not the, the latest and the greatest. <laughs> so we have now the latest and the greatest and all the, all the games for them. But we, we generally like to 
give them prizes based on um, some team building. So they'll pick a local restaurant or movie theater or something along those lines so that they can do something together. Uh, sometimes they do it anyway without gamification, but mm-hmm. I kind of like to foster that to where you're, you're having that team building experience. It brings me back to when I managed a team of 20 and we used to do things like that. And so I wanted to kind of, kind of bring that back on the, on the team level. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they also will get. Um, they sometimes will just get uh, gift cards, whether it be uh, for for Amex or, or whatever. But it, that continues to evolve too. Like each month, we try to think of something. So mm-hmm. we have a list of things that we'd like to provide for them, and, and quite frankly, they don't even know sometimes until the month has uh, ended. Nice. So, and just to to give our listeners like a, a size comparison here, how many people? are on the support team at, at Media Temple, like taking care of customers in general? We have 90 right now. 90. Okay, cool. Uh, and how do they like that? Is it something that, that's popular with them? Um, you know, is it something well, that, they, that they enjoy competing in? And I can be very honest that um, you have to be careful the way you roll this out. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a mistake that we made, and so I want to share. Um, we originally rolled out features of call handling and um, overall wait times and and volume and they and it was still in beta so it was really just a bad um, communication on our part to be like this is what our uh, our guy who is in support who's been able to develop this himself through PHP this is all he can get us right now through the APIs mm-hmm. but we're going to get six to eight more things and it's going to be more well-rounded so they you got to be careful because uh even though they know what beta means and that it was in beta they took it as they need to rush their calls or they took it as they need to rush the support and so it's got to be and so we had to have that next we have a weekly meeting every wednesday Mm -hmm. and so we had to you know kind of set the right expectation (laughs) that look you know this is just what we could do right now but look at all these great things and so i made a I said in our in our in our leadership meeting in CS, I said, "Look, I said these are millennials, and this is you know they love they want to play games, they love the gamification and everything, but they have to be able to interact with the game, mm-hmm. right? And so just seeing their stats and their points and not being able to interact with the game, they're not looking at this as a game." They're looking at this as another way for management to see how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I said, we need to change that mentality. And so we had a couple of things we wanted to do. Um, employee wagering was what from our de- internal developer as the easiest to, to get this out of beta. Mm-hmm. So by having employee wagering, now it's actually, I consider it to be gamification, a game that they can play because now they can actually interact with the game and so that was um a big thing for us as a big learning experience for us because you think you're doing something awesome you're like oh no who's doing gamification this is so great and they're like you're just looking at another way to monitor me <laughs> so you have to you have to be careful you have to i would say for anyone doing gamification learn from our mistakes and have something for them to interact with um at the at the first release it's one of those i guess you you kind of want them to be uh, tied up or, or obs- obsessed has like bad connotations, but you know, you want them involved in the game, but at the same time, you don't want them 
completely consumed by it. Mm. You know, there's a line that yeah. you have to walk in there. So yeah. how, how are you walking that line with them? Do, is it just continually right. reminding them, hey, it's just a game? Yeah, because, I mean, think about it. The wagering is one time a month, mm -hmm. right? So after you make the wager, you have to go, you got to go work for it to make sure that your team is successful. So that to me is, they're not going to keep checking. They might check, but they're not going to keep interacting or typing or actually doing any type of, um, you know, actions with it. Mm -hmm. So the other thing, which was going to be our, our next thing, which we was, was might have been before um, employee wagering was the ability to um, at any time take uh, quizzes on the um, the technical technical curriculum that we've set. Okay. So at any time you would uh, take a quiz on whatever throughout the course and it'd be a really quick answer. So that's how we're going to control that is we're only going to show those X amount of time. So let's just say a question comes out at 10 o'clock in the morning. You only have the ability to answer it the first time you log in. Mm -hmm. if, if you don't answer it the first time you log in, there's a time. It's going to time out. You can't just keep uh, trying. It's okay. only one question, gotcha. too. Uh -huh. So th that gives everybody playing the game the ability to earn points outside of what they do as a support rep. Nice. So the points aren't just tied up with how your customer feels about you. It's pulling in from other places where they might have more control. Yeah, so we're we're solving two things there. We're solving, uh, making um, making sure we're maintaining the education to our customers based on the support levels. Because you know, with any any uh, support team, you have to make sure you keep having refreshers and ongoing training and keep, you know, um, challenging them, or they're gonna start looking around and saying, "I'm not really sure why I'm working here. I'm not really being challenged." at all and I'm just kind of at the same level for a while and you know so I, don't, I want to get those thoughts out of their head I want to keep um, uh, challenging them so you know it, and then on top of that it's a, a way to earn points outside of oh I, I did you know six less calls than yesterday yeah but over the course of a month you were amazing it's just one day and yeah. now here's here's an opportunity to earn some points off a question that we uh provided the everyone you know in support in in the game so nice so uh, you know after uh you rolled all this out and, you, and it's going pretty well and all that uh, at the uh you know at the end of each month are you seeing improvements on how the team's doing? Like, is it worth it from your view, viewpoint as, uh, you know, the VP mm -hmm. of support that, you know, this time and energy put into it, we're seeing positive improvements with our customers and with the team. Is that happening? Yes. And, you know, just from uh, wearing your traditional support hat, you are concerned about wait times. Mm -hmm. It's important because it does affect actually satisfaction. It does affect the overall experience for a customer. And so since we the game's been in beta, we've probably reduced our both chat and phone wait times by three minutes. Nice. Um, now I'm not going to say that's the <laughs> that that's the key thing, and you have that's you know that's that's exactly what it was because of gamification, but it helps. Everything helps. Anything you can do to improve the experience leads to employee satisfaction, and, and then obviously customer satisfaction. So I've seen some there. I, I also. A good, a good test for me is if something's working is we released an internal blog that I mentioned yesterday. And so I'd always, after we released a blog, I'd kind of peek through the rows and see who, who's, who's reading it, you know. And, and so what I'm seeing with 
the gamification console is I'm seeing people are at least aware of it. It is because we give them a couple monitors. They don't just have one. They generally have a, a, a laptop and two monitors. Mm-hmm. And so they're at least on one of them. It's, it's there and it's aware. And I think that's really cool because if they didn't care about it, if they're like, oh, this is just another way to make me work harder. If they didn't, if they didn't care about it, then I don't think they would use it as much. And plus we have analytics on visits and logins too. So for, uh, you know, just to kind of wrap this up, uh, for smaller companies that don't have uh, 90 people on their on their support team, customer team and all that. Um, so we're talking, you know, teams of maybe like three or four on the support team. Is it still worth it to, to implement something like this, do you think? I think if um, we've been very fortunate in that we've had someone build it internally, it's not going to be the case for everybody. Mm-hmm. I would say that if the if it's within your budget, yes, I'd say that because um, you're more than likely your your team's going to scale as the company scales. So if your team's three or four now, as long as your company continues to grow uh, year over year um, in revenue, they're going to need people to support. And no matter how much self help is out there. Um, you're still going to need some live support. Um, that's just the, just the nature of having a business. Um, so I would say it's important because uh, you never know, when you get a team together, you never know exactly what's going to work. And it's always good to try. It's always good to try things out. You know, early on, uh, you know, three, four years ago, I had all of them read, and just recently had the bigger group uh, read, um, Tribal Leadership, and When Fish Fly, right? Now, I had no idea going in if reading two books was going to matter. <laughs> but we did it together. We created our, our, our core values um, together. We created one internally, our why statement, and it worked. They still say the why statement now. It's something that works. So I would say with anything, that goes back to should you have gamification, not regardless of the size, I'd say always try it if it's within your budget. Always try if it's within your budget. I like that. There's no harm in trying something, right? Nope. nope. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, that I think that wraps up everything. It, it was one of those, like, I love these interviews because we bounce around a little bit from GoDaddy yeah. acquisition to gamification <laughs> and and all that. You know, Robert, thanks so much uh, for being on the show. It's It's been great. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you for being uh, a loyal customer. <laughs> Thanks. So that means episode 26 is in the books. You can find Robert on Twitter under at Robert C. Gregory. Make sure you put the C in there because I made that mistake yesterday. Um, show notes are up at supportops.co forward slash podcast. And if you like the podcast, rate us in iTunes. Just open it up and search for the Support Ops podcast there. Thanks again for listening. I'm Chase. And until we talk again, have an awesome week.